guys in pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Here we are! It's Friday! It's happy hour! Are we all happy? Yay! We're so happy! Yeah! Uh, in the fills today on happy hour is Reagan's Polyp, a strange punk band out of New York from the early 90s, 1996 to be exact, so you're going to be hearing them in between all the hilarious comedians tonight on the happy hour here on mutinyradio.fm at 6 o'clock. We're getting started right away because we have so many comedians. We want to get them all in tonight. Four-minute sets. When you hear the horn, not that sound. I'll have a real horn at this point. I'll be more organized. Uh, But that means you have a minute left. So when you hear the horn, don't wrap it up. It means you have a minute. You have a whole minute to tell your jokes. And don't think I'm running you off stage, because I'm not. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Uh, thanks for being here at Mutiny Radio. Give it up for Tom Run the ones and twos in back. Yes, you're all here. You're comedians. You want to get started with the hilarious comedy. Put your hands together for your first comedian of the night. It's Christopher Jarmillo. He's not here, is he? No, he is. Not here. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, I think your next comedian is here. All right, he was on the pre-sign. He did all of his work. Put your hands together. It's Jeff Dean. Hey guys, how's it going? David, how are you doing? So guys, bear with me. I got a I got a Santa Claus joke. If you wanted a uh, if you wanted a seasonal comedian, you're looking at the wrong guy. Um, and don't get me wrong here, guys. I think Santa Claus really turned out to be a great guy before I get started. Um, I just feel like, and I also realize that he's, he's a made-up person, right? But I think that there's a, like, there's a lot of this story that wasn't told, and there's a lot of serious questions that need to be answered. Um, and, you know, I, I'm 25 right now. I'm going through, you know, my quarter-life crisis, if you will. I have no idea what I want to do with my life. And I think, like, what is, what did Santa, what was he like, you know, at this time in his life? What, how did he deal with this, right? Um, and I just picture him at, like, a bar with his friends. They all dropped out of college. And you're probably thinking, oh, Jeff, like, when Santa was a kid, college didn't exist. And it's like, fuck you, all right? Like, just... <laughs> Just believe the story. Anyway, so he's, so he's at a bar. He's talking to his friends. They dropped out of college, and they're like, what do you want to do with your life, Santa? And he's, Santa goes, you know, I just, I just want to bring smiles to the faces of children all over the world, you know? And they're like, okay. But, I mean, how are you going to do that? Obvious follow-up question, right? Um, and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go to every kid's house at midnight on Jesus' birthday and I'm just going to give them a sweet little gift, you know, exactly what they wanted. And they're going to say, well, how do you know what they want? And they said, well, he says, well, it's easy. I'm going to, you know, I'll know when they're sleeping. I'll know when they're awake. I know if they've been bad or good. So, you know, hopefully they'll be good for goodness sake, you know. Um, and they're going to think, you know, wait, um, let's see here. And, you know. Like I said, I think Santa turned out to be a great guy. But you know what the scariest thing about this whole thing is? 
why the fuck are the children not asking these questions? I'd like to think, if I were to go back in time, back to my childhood with the wherewithal that I have now, that I would think, okay, this guy's breaking into my house at midnight. He's dropping off presents. He likes, he likes children a lot, apparently. I want to know what this guy's intentions are, you know? And it's scary that we're not teaching our children to question this. We need to teach them to question everything, guys, especially when it comes to strangers. Anyway, that's what I got about Santa. Um, <laughs> so I moved, I moved here recently. I'm struggling and making friends, you know? It's like moved here for a job, didn't know anybody. And making guy friends is tough. I just recently broke up with my girlfriend. And uh, it's like, I don't even want to talk to girls. I just want dude friends, you know? I want to build a good group. And so, like, I'll meet a guy, you know? We'll be texting. It's exciting, you know? I say, hey. I'm thinking, okay, this guy's a software developer. He's white. He wants a burrito, right? I'll go, hey, you want to get, like, a burrito after work? And he's like... And then I see the bubbles come up, and I'm like, oh, he's going to text me back. And then they go away, and it's like, fuck. <laughs> and then I'm like, OK. Uh, and then he texts me back. He's like, oh, hey, I already had a burrito for lunch, but thanks. And it's like, fuck you, man. You know, I just wanted to get dinner, you know? <laughs> we didn't have to get burritos. We could have got pizza, burger. I'm really open to anything. <laughs> but I don't want to seem too needy, either. <laughs> it's tough out here, guys. Um, all right. Thank you for uh, the time. All right. Jeff Dean is using Tinder to date dudes for burritos. Yay. I, yeah, burritos are always delicious. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I can't believe that you got nagged by a dude. You're so cute. Look at your beard. Like, how did he not? I was not into you. Like, that's so weird. Uh, your next comedian, wow, you look like my ex-meth dealer. That is really exciting right now. <laughs> I haven't seen that guy in 15 years. <laughs> Here you are. He even had a little dog. Uh, I don't know what's happening tonight. It's crazy. Uh, your next comedian is a hilarious individual. He runs a podcast called the FEFY. Uh, it's been changing dates, but you can find him on iTunes and tune in. It's the Fifi. Fuck everything. Fuck you. It's Timothy Pizza. <laughs> Hi. The, uh, the older I get, the weirder my thumbs taste. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, it's, uh, I've been drinking a lot of pond water. Uh, yeah, I know. It's like I'm getting older, and I don't want to get old. Uh, like, you ever watch like a dude in his like 70s or 80s like take a nap? Looks like he's fighting off the white light. <laughs> It's like, I remember my grandma, it's like, where the fuck did she bury all those parakeets? Every time I was over there, it was a new parakeet. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to make it a positive thing. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my life one day. Uh, it's going to be a good thing, though. Um, everybody's got, like, these, uh, you know, their sex moves, like the Cleveland Steamer, the, uh, I don't know, the, yeah, uh, Dirty Sanchez. I've got suicide moves. Uh, my, uh, my, first off, uh, there's the, the, uh, Sandy Duncan. 
Uh, Sandy Duncan was a weird old lady with a glass eye. Uh, that's when you uh, drown yourself in your cat's litter box. Uh, get at Sandy and you're dunking your head in there. Uh, it's a terrific wordplay. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then the other one uh, is called the techie. Uh, that's just when you hang yourself on chat roulette. Uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, then there's the come and go. And uh, that's when you're masturbating with your right hand, and right when you come, you give yourself hurry card with your left hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a weird world. It's a weird world, guys. <sighs> yeah, I know. So uh, I've been trying to be less approachable. <laughs> it's just like, fuck everybody at this point. It's like, I mean, if you're a nice person, it's just like, I, you know, get so many phone calls and shit at work all day long. I'm just like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Trying to make like an aura of leave me the fuck alone. And then like mumbling helps. And you can mumble like really like sincere weird stuff. Like I miss all of you. (laughs) And uh, they won't, they won't come close. Um, Yeah. Like I was thinking about like getting really weird and doing something kind of perverted. Like, hey, I want to be your bidet. But then I thought about it. And that's like peeing on someone's butt. (laughs) And... Yeah, I don't think I'm ready for that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, I was trying to do uh, the the girlfriend thing for a while. And, uh, yeah, I got one, and it only lasted like a week and a half. There were some red flags. Um, uh, yeah, she uh, she pissed on my floor for one thing. That was weird. Um, I'll get into that later. Uh yeah, there was other things, too. Like, uh, I'd go to her place, and it would smell like the best cookies in the world. And she lived alone. And there was never any fucking cookies. <laughs> never offered a cookie. I looked around for cookies when she was sleeping. There was never any fucking cookies. Um, uh, so I work uh, in an office, and uh, I type in numbers into a machine, and the girl in the office next to me watches sports with the sound off. And listening to a girl watch sports with the sound off sounds like bad sex. Uh, I know what bad sex sounds like. Um, I was raised by a single woman. Uh, so I'm typing away, and I hear like, oh, yeah, that's good, yeah. Yeah, that's good, yeah, come on, shoot it. Shoot it, yeah, shoot it. It's like my dick moves, my ears perk up. I'm like, oh, what's going on over there? So then I'm like typing away, yeah, shoot it, shoot it, come on, shoot it. Yeah, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. No, no, idiot, idiot. I'm getting PTSD from <laughs> every sexual experience I've had with myself and anyone else. And uh, I'm looking at Microsoft Excel with a hella weird boner. Uh, I'm Timothy Pizza. Timothy Pizza! His weird boner, yay! I I always want to, I, I mean, not that I'm staring at guys when they're on stage and their dicks or whatever, but I've always wanted to see someone get like a half chub and be like, ha they're on stage and they're getting, they're like, this is so, I'm so awesome right now, like I'm totally, <laughs> I want to see that sometime and like confront them later. <laughs> at the brainwash, I'll pull them aside, I'm like, you really like yourself, don't you? I could tell I saw your half chub during your set. All right, your next comedian is a funny guy. I didn't mean to put those things together because I've never seen your half chub. Uh, 
<laughs> I've never seen him do it, but he's a really funny guy. He runs a great show uh, at Adobe Books. Am I remembering correctly? I don't remember anything. Not anymore. But he runs shows. I've been on his shows, and they've been produced, and they've been produced amazingly, and they were well attended, and he's a great producer and a very funny man. Put your hands together. It's David Roth. I almost said Lee accidentally in the middle. Yay. My shows are well attended as fuck. Let me see your show. Richard's got a good show. This shit's well attended. Because when you're starting out in comedy, guys, it's not, don't worry about being funny. The jokes will come, but will the people, okay? <laughs> will the people. Uh, yeah, last time we got, uh, no, I can't talk about production the whole time, can I? I'm, I, I, came, I didn't have time to decompress after work. I just ran here. I'm still full of poop, like you can tell. It's like, I can just feel my entire small intestine right now. It's like all the way up here. And then the first guy wasn't here. What is this, Fernet? You can, the, the, it reaches. It reaches the toilet. I know, I've heard, I've heard your, I've heard your, this is, <laughs> I've heard your bowel movements during a set and, <laughs> and that was distracting and you're like half my size. But yeah, no, it's, um, the set's about Pam, guys. It's not, it's not really, I'm not trying to connect with everyone. It's just, it's about how many people can show up and pooping. No, yeah, I haven't, I really haven't had time to decompress. Jeff Dean, what's up? Uh, but yeah, no, it is weird because I work in advertising. Someone was like, you're not supposed to talk about your day job. You want to let the audience know that you're, you know, a full-time comedian. But I know that'll make everyone here jealous because everyone's fucking unemployed. So uh, I just, yeah, you wish. Uh, but it's, I have a weird, I have a weird job. You can kind of do anything because, uh, like last week I was doing ads for Pillsbury Doughboy, you know, like. I was like with a voiceover guy, and I was like, "Can you a little bit of less like hoo hoo?" But like, this is a new pie crust, so make it like hoo hoo, and just like <laughs> bring your game, dude. It's a new pie crust. But now I'm doing like raid wasps and hornet killer, <laughs> which is like a week ago was like the Pillsbury guy. Now I'm like, am I Hitler for hornets? Like, all I do is sit around thinking of ways to kill wasps and hornets. And there's like our strategy is like, let's have our audience. Envision a world without wasps and hornets. I'm like, don't we need to pollinate flowers? Like, isn't that, that could be a problem. Um, but I was just thinking, because they want like viral videos, like they want things that, you know, that will get paid attention. But for some reason, like the only thing I can think of, like every good idea I have has already been done by ISIS. <laughs> like if you just swapped out humans for wasps and hornets, like, I was like, hmm, what if we just like, I don't know, threw like a couple of gay hornets off a roof? I'm like, fuck, <laughs> fuck, again, ISIS, again, you did it, again. Uh, fuck those guys. It's weird though to think that like I'm having this experience. Meanwhile, ISIS is really just it. Jews and Christians and Muslims are their wasps and hornets killers. Like they're just sitting around the same thing. Legs kicked out on a table, like, oh, we could put them in a car, douse the car with oil, shoot a grenade launcher, and problem is gone. Yeah, that was sad. Um, so, material. I, uh, new things happen to me all the time, guys. Uh, first time for everything, right? I was at Larry Flint's Hustler Club. Tim <laughs> Timothy, thank you. Uh, and I just... Yeah, I just wanted to make... <laughs> Intense eye contact, uh, but this woman, she like, this woman like, walked up to me and she just leaned over and she's like, "You Jewish?" 
I, I mean, it made sense because I was wearing my Israeli flag pants and my <laughs> yellow star. No, I was like, what the fuck? Is it my nose? I got a huge complex. But uh, it just, <laughs> it just fuck. It sucks. And she just like wanted to be my, she like already, I don't know. It was, I felt already put in the friend zone. Like she didn't want to dance. She wanted to connect. Uh, and so she was like, she's like, so you know, my name's not actually Raquel. It's Rachel. And then I came. That's <laughs> that's enough for a set. That was four minutes. Richard Sarvate smiling. Thanks, guys. Yay. David Roth, yes. Pleasing, getting pleased and pleasing strippers all over the Bay Area. <laughs> you ever been to the Gold Club? Have you ever been to the Gold Club for lunch? The buffet. Oh shit. Churros and fried chicken and the watermelon, also very delicious. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Go for the fresh fruit <laughs> and the churros. It's like Disneyland. Your next comedian is a very funny man. He uh, is very helpful here at the station, and we appreciate him very much. You're going to laugh at his jokes. Put your hands together. His name is Jason Balmforth. Yay! Nice to Oh. All right, yes. Oh, hold on. I'm gonna. It's been like been like two weeks since I've done one of these. I'm getting back my bearings. I've been thinking a lot about pasta sauce. Not gonna lie, it's pasta sauce. I work in an Italian restaurant. Uh, you know what uh, the Italian word for your welcome is? It's fucking prego. Prego means you're welcome. That makes pasta sauce a whole new game. Walking down the fucking aisle, what am I gonna do for dinner? You're fucking welcome. That's a little arrogant, don't you think? I mean, are you all that Prego pasta sauce? Are you? I have many different flavors. You can't be everything Prego. God. It, I mean, like, and it's always disappointing. Every time, every time. I imagine Prego is like that one douchebag that brings a guitar to a house party. Just a fucking asshole. I tried telling, uh, tried telling a couple of my friends I'm a comedian. They're like, you're not funny. I was like, God damn it. Being a comedian is like being that douchebag that brings a guitar to a house party, but you get laid a lot less. <laughs> Nobody fucking cares. Been thinking a lot about autoerotic asphyxiation. I mean, you know, like it's not something you're supposed to think about. Everyone tells you about how dangerous it is, but I mean, if so many people are doing it, something's got to be right, right? I mean, is the Batman suit optional, though? Because that shit's expensive. I can't afford a Batman costume and a belt and a doorknob and to keep my dick in the hand at the same time. This is a lot of steps. It's really complicated. Sup, Aldo? Just heckling everyone's set. Just coming up here, drawing all the attention. I see the minute he walks on stage, everyone's like, hold on, dog. It's like a dog with a squirrel, except now it's people with a dog. It's a never-ending chain. Now there's aliens, and they're like, huh? Person? Instead of watching comets flying across the sky and shit. <laughs> but thinking about the universe, people are talking about a lot of stupid shit. You know that if a hypernova exploded, it's like a giant supernova, that the gamma radiation would fry us all and we'd all die? That's, that's not a joke. It's true. If it's within 2,500 light years of here, we're all dead. Who the fuck cares about the election? <laughs> No one gives a shit. 
all these protests about the election. I remember protests. I remember, like, I went to college once. I remember protesting. Protesting used to mean something. Protesting used to be, we will overcome. Now it's, we will overturn that cop car over there. And I will now get a new pair of Jordans from that footlocker. It's not about protesting, it's about rioting. And it's not about rioting, it's about looting. I am waiting for the one day everyone shows up to the riot to loot, but no one's actually there to riot and everyone just gets confused. Because what, what the hell are you going to do? You're going to be sitting there all in bandana masks and shit like, oh man, I sure hope someone distracts the police while I go get a new TV from Best Buy. <laughs> Whose turn is it this time, guys? Shit. No one came here to riot. Well, fuck, let's just make some Molotovs real quickly. Ugh. Uh, I can't milk it anymore. That's about all the material I had for today. Jason Balfort! Yay! Bringing it into the universe and back around. Good times. Finally, we have a lady. All day today, I've been clamoring for the ladies. I'm like, what happened to the lady comedians? Like, where did they go? We finally have one here on Happy Hour. You guys are going to be so pleased, and you're going to laugh hysterically at the jokes of Florentina Tanase. Yay! I love your earrings. What does it say? Plug in, it says Mutiny Radio! <laughs> I hate the news because you never get all the information. A prince died and they won't even say which one. <laughs> I have a job. I'm a stripper. Just kidding. <laughs> That's a hobby. Um, I work at a hospital. And I'm an x-ray tech. I look at what people leave up their butt during sex, you weirdos. Like, I found Nemo and the shark chasing him. <laughs> I couldn't find Dory, though. She must have kept on swimming. <laughs> um, and I have to deal with a lot of people who are drug seekers and sexist and have multi-personality disorders. And they want me to call them doctor. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> and they all think they're God. Like, okay, just because your hipster son fucked a virgin. <laughs> Wait, I think I read the Bible wrong. But <laughs> anyway, his son was a motherfucker. <laughs> um... I'm going to Europe in a few weeks. Back to the motherland, if you will. Uh, because there's a lot of stuff that in Europe you don't see here. Like, last time I was there, I saw a gypsy take a shit on a lawn. <laughs> I was like, Grandma, no. It's my turn. I know what you're wondering, though. Was that lawn for a man or a woman? I don't know. It's a hot button issue, so I just wanted to plug that in. Okay, guys, since you asked, I will give you a synoptic analysis of the reader. 
has anyone seen that movie before? Allow me to ruin it for you forever. <laughs> um, basically, Kate Winslet is a Nazi cougar. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she starts fucking the 17-year-old, and he reads to her before sex because that's the only way she can orgasm, she says. I've come up with worse excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what, guys? He finds out she can't read. What? <laughs> right? So then he breaks up with her or, like, graduates high school, so he's, like, less attractive to her. Listen, he didn't fuck a real cougar. Don't give me that look. That would be like animal cruelty. <laughs> anyway, so then he goes to lawyer school, and he's in the, what is the, the room where the judge is, like if you hit too many pedestrians, you have to go there. Um, the courthouse, sorry. So he's there, and there's a woman on trial because she put some Jews in a church and locked them, and it burned. Guess who it was? Kate Winslet! What? I know! Because she couldn't read the sign that said, don't burn people. Anyway, I won't ruin the ending like I did with 300, where I told my friend they all die at the end, but... I will tell you this. He records himself reading, and for like 20 years, she's like listening to it. And then the what does she do the day before she's supposed to get out? She kills herself. Because audiobooks are the worst atrocity this world's ever experienced. They're the worst. Alternate ending. They're in a boat with all of his audio tapes in a big crate. And then they throw the crate out in the water, but then they jump after it, and they're on the crate. And then the guy's like, Psh, that's for Leonardo DiCaprio! And he swims away. Thank you, guys. Florentina Tanase breaking down the movies that I don't want to see anyways. I like your versions. I think you should do a whole podcast where you just go through movies and do the whole plot. Do all the voices. <laughs> Fuck you, Leonardo. I've never seen Titanic either, so that made me happy, that little tag at the end. Your next comedian is staring at his phone and his notepad, which means he's really thinking about his jokes for you guys right now. He's ready to bring the heat. Are you guys ready to take it? Clap your hands together, it's Ken Suzuki. I didn't have to say anything, this is awesome. I hate to say it guys, but I had a revelation today. It's hard for me to admit, but I don't think religion is as forward thinking as I thought it was for our day and age. I, I was, why, for example, why do, why have churches not yet installed Square apps on the side of their donation buckets? <laughs> Who pays with cash anymore? Isn't this how they're supposed to stay in business? Why would they do this to themselves? And it's not just churches either. 
when I think about it, how hard has this cashless society got to be for bums? How hard has the panhandling in industry been hurt by a cashless society? Uh, just a couple of thoughts. I, um, do we have any dog people in this audience? Like, oh, one? Okay, good. So this is a room full of cat people, then, I'm guessing? Yes. Yeah. I'm a cat person myself. I'm sorry if you're a dog person, but I find that I have more respect for people uh, that don't need me. I was like, I already have one girlfriend. I don't need another emotional codependent to worry about in my life. <sighs> this is going about subparly, which is, you know, a pretty good set for me. <laughs> Thinking a lot about animals um, and how, uh, had it not been for learning about evolution, I never would have thought that we were. Uh, because the things that we do to each other sexually are some of the freakiest things that I don't think any animal could ever devise. Like, think about it. Who here has heard of any primatologist documenting, documenting a case of throat fucking amongst the chimpanzees? <laughs> Our closest genetic relatives. You don't hear any cases of panda fisting now, do you? <laughs> and who here has ever heard of a wallaby bukkake? <laughs> I'm sure it would be adorable indeed. Now, I know what you're thinking, but Ken, tentacle Tentacle porn exists. Tentacle porn exists. Yes. But they don't watch it. We do. Not the octopi. Not the cephalopods. Listen, we're the only species out there that needs a safe word. That's all I'm saying. Now, I did this bit about two weeks ago, and another comic came up to me and was like, yeah, Ken, I don't know if I agree with that joke because you've got to think about the bonobos. <laughs> Fuck the bonobos. <laughs> Ooh, they have incest and have an occasional orgy. Those fucking amateurs. Until I hear, oh, I forgot what this joke was gonna go with it. Anyway, <laughs> until, until I hear about a bonobo getting off from having its balls stomped on, or even a simple, a simple bonobo airtight, don't talk to me about the fucking bonobos. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Ken Suzuki rocking it out here for you guys. Animal sex makes me want to watch some Animal Planet tonight. Get excited. Yeah. Uh, your next comedian uh, is a wonderful human being. He's part of the Desi comedy, everything he runs. Uh, uh, the setup every Saturday at 222 Hyde. Uh, he's hilarious in his own right, and he knows how to read directions and follow them, which makes me so happy. Put your hands together for Richard Savante! Yes. You heard it here. I am funny in my own right, okay? <laughs> I don't know what right you guys operate on, but you know, let's hope it's the same one. I did, I did all the tasks to be here today. <laughs> I did. And I have earned the right to perform four minutes of garbage. <laughs> I, this morning I woke up, I turned on notifications for the Mutiny Radio Facebook page. 
I even put a different noise for that than the regular stuff on my phone. Most notifications on my phone are like, bing. This one was. <laughs> anyway, yeah, 11, I don't know, 53, something was posted there. I did the tasks. Stephen Massey beat me somehow. Is he already gone? I don't know how he did it. Um, okay, time for the garbage. So, uh, anytime, like, there's a bunch of warrior stuff happening right now. <laughs> anytime this, like, sports season starts, I just know, like, okay, here's, like, I don't even know, two months of me not connecting with anybody. <laughs> it's, it's just like hibernation for friendship. <laughs> just like, I hope I made enough friends during the off season that <laughs> I, I can get through. And I, I mean, I could have so many friends if I knew about sports. <laughs> but it's just like, and I think it, I'll, if I could just fix the issue of like mixing up names of sports teams and the sports that they play, <laughs> I think I'd be like way, you know, I'd have a big advantage. Like, I don't know, like Warriors are playing. Now, who are they playing? The, the Earthquakes? <laughs> Chicago Earthquakes? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what, most teams are just named after na natural phenomenon, right? Just like, who are the Houston Flash Floods? Or <laughs> is that a team? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, where are they playing? Oracle Arena? Is, is that where the, the Ringling Brothers play when they come through? <laughs> um, I, don't, like, I don't even think I could be good at talking to people about sports, even if I did a bunch of research. Like, I don't know, someone would hit a home run and I'd just be like, oh, you know what Jackie Robinson did a bunch for civil rights. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. <sighs> All right. What else is going on? Uh, Passover was recently Jewish. <laughs> yeah, is it is it done? It's, it's finished on Saturday. Oh, so it's still going. We have no idea. Okay. Yeah, I I like the story of Passover, right? Like, uh, you put sheep blood on your door so God knows not to give you the pestilence, right? <laughs> That's good. Like I I use the same tactic on Muni. <laughs> you know, I just cover myself in sheep's blood and then. You know, the inspector knows not to ask me for my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> this guy probably has, you know, some other business. Um, I, I was uh, in the bathroom at work, and I underneath the stall, I saw my coworker's badge. And it was just weird, like, because in his badge, he's, like, smiling. <laughs> but then the sounds he's making, it doesn't really sound <laughs> like he's smiling. I was just looking at a badge that's, like, <laughs> kind of creepy. <laughs> um, on the sidewalk over uh, in 16th and Mission, I saw on the uh, ground it said, uh, "Die, you yuppie scum." <laughs> and I was like, I was like, wait, but a yuppie? I mean, that's just a young urban professional. I mean, like, we want to be young, right? We want to be urban. We like being professional, right? I don't know. It's just like. <laughs> Do we just hate all three good things for a person? <laughs> just like, what about like, I don't know, toned, intelligent doctors? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like titties. <laughs> titties are destroying San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right, one more. Uh, let's see. Uh, 
I was uh, talking to my friend uh, yesterday about like what kind of drunk are you, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm like a happy drunk. You know, I'm not like introspective. I was just wondering, do uh, is that like for other drugs too? Like, do crackheads talk about the same thing? Like, like what kind of crackhead are you? Oh, I'm like an introspective crackhead. You know, like <laughs> I miss my father. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Keep it going for Richard Savata. Yeah. Taking his backpack on stage. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. All right. I just want to check to see if Christopher Jarmillo is here. There he is. All right. You want to go up next or you want to wait a couple people? Oh, you'll go. All right, you guys. Your next comedian. Funny guy. Laugh and clap your hands hysterically for Christopher Jarmillo. Sorry. I was, I was late. I, uh. I usually do stand-up somewhere else, and I went, I, I was going, I navigated there, so, and that was obviously not here, so I, um, so yeah, I, 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 I wanted up being late. I liked your act, Florentine. I like that you play to this side of the, you, I, you like, were like, oh, fuck these people. Um, anyway, hey, guys, yeah, you're, what? <laughs> so, it's okay. You don't have to. That's, that's weird. That's, that's odd. You should not. It doesn't have eyes. I guess it has, a, it has you. Was she looking at you a lot? I felt like she was looking at me. Oh, she was looking at the piano, man. Are you, yeah, are, are you disappointed? I, I still go with the illusion that she was looking at me. Hey, on the radio, can you even hear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh okay, good, okay. I, I just feel like there's, I'm just set talking, and then all of a sudden there's just silence. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm just like, oh, yeah, da, da, da. And just, we're just hanging out here. I don't know. I, I thought it was funny when you, yeah, the, the, first, the first day you were explaining like how the mic was on and off, and you're like, this is on, this is off. So all, but I imagine in the, like on the, in the radio, all you heard was, this is on, this is on. Oh, but this one goes too, okay, oh. Oh, okay, oh, there's a lot of them. Oh, awesome, oh, okay, awesome, awesome. What? I just said we're hot here, all the mics are hot. That's a mic joke. That's it, okay, all right. <laughs> Good, good, good. I'll let, you, I'll let you guys talk amongst yourselves. I, why do I need to figure out a set? Jeez. Uh, anyway, what, what, what have I been, oh gosh, what have I been doing? I, I, did, I, did, I did, lately, you know, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm, I think I'm a very emotionally oppressed person, but I think it's kind of funny, like, what, what like, these things have been happening, like, where I've kind of, like, like, I'm all, like, something emotional happens and I'm about to cry, but I, like, and I, I just find I have a weird, like, reaction to it. Like, I, something happens, and I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, and then I'm like, oh, jeez. I almost had a human emotion there. Ah, I, uh, I held that back. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I just think it's like, like, I don't know. Like, am I, like, I feel like there's something inside me that's like a, like a, like a freaking center in the NBA, and it's just like human emotion. Get that shit out of there, unless it's unless it's anger or disgust. I do not want it in my. You don't bring that shit in my house. Freaking no, 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 no. Ah, okay, that was a little depressing. I'm sorry. I brought the brought the mood down. I feel like I feel like everyone's like, oh, he's, he's, he cried and he can't do it. Um. <laughs> I like the nervous laughter, teams. Thank you. <laughs> it was more. It was more pity, Chris. It was more. I was like. Ah. Okay. Again, you guys are killing worse, better than I am. i did, Yeah. Great. Jeez. You, we should just like record you guys, just like talking amongst yourselves. Yeah. What? Oh, thank you. Thank you, Florentina. Thank you. Right. Um, you know, I've been having a hard time like actually writing comedy. Like uh. 
something something screwed me up. Like I think you know you kind of ha- think of concepts and you think of weird things, and then like I don't know if this has happened to any of you, but like okay, recent like la- my, la- the, uh, my last act, I talked about like uh, people marrying things, and then like I think I thought oh well, they marry things, they must be wanting to fuck them. I l- actually look like there's this woman that she's actually you might know her. She's from San Francisco. I guess she married the Eiffel Tower, and my first thought was like, oh, she married the Eiffel Tower. She must want to fuck it. And I actually, there's a documentary, and I thought, oh, this is silly. Yeah, she wanted to fuck it. But then I watched a documentary, and the first thing she says is like, yeah, I'm, I'm in love with the Eiffel Tower. The big sadness in my life is I can't fuck it. She, like, I, I was like, oh, you just, okay, I guess I'm like, I'm not as weird. I can't think of something weirder than what actually happened in reality. <laughs> um, that's... <laughs> Like, like she went through. I guess she like was like in love with like a like a bow and arrow and stuff. And I don't know. It was just. I guess she like there's people who have a fixate. I don't have a. I don't have a punchline for people who are fixated on objects. Um, but anyway, hmm. Do I have anything else to say? Uh, but hey, oh, here. I somebody a nice friend gave me a joke. Okay. Hey, w- did you hear about the? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, oh, what, what did the, uh, why did the uh, woman marry the uh, Berlin Wall? Because she had, oh, because uh, she wanted to marry somebody that wasn't afraid to go down on her. Or go come down. I messed that up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Christopher Jamil. There's a rare uh, picture of me that I have not put up for Throwback Thursday uh, when I was 26 years old, and I'm sleeping with a karaoke microphone on a sofa like this. I'm like sleeping with it because I didn't I didn't want anyone else to sing it. They'd have to rip it out of my cold dead hands. So I might marry a microphone someday. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I have a great picture of me like snug snuggling it in my sleep, like I love you so much. Your next comedian also loves a microphone. She's a very funny lady. I'm excited every time she's here. She gets funnier every time I see her. Clap your hands together for Jenny Hogan. Um, so I, I'm from New York originally. I went to a small uh, all-girls Catholic school. And my parents told me that they wanted me to like go to an all-girls school so that I would have goals outside of just like chasing boys. Uh, which worked because I spent like most of my childhood with like the sole goal of trying to touch a pigeon. <laughs> because the pigeons in New York are like way different from the pigeons in San Francisco. Honestly, like that's probably the biggest difference between New York and San Francisco is the pigeons. Like in San Francisco, they fly really low and you feel like they're gonna hit you. You guys familiar with this? Maybe you're just used to it. Cause like yeah, right. But in New York, like the pigeons, like you can't even get near them. Like it's it's really it's uh, quite difficult to touch them. They like run away as soon as you come after them. Um, and uh, this has really uh, prepared me well for like dating, basically, because that's also kind of the difference between New York and San Francisco. Um, there are like a lot. There's like a much higher uh, female to male ratio in New York. People say, um, and I kind of always suspected that like boys took their cues from pigeons. So <laughs> seemed accurate. Uh, I've been told that it would be better if I did some like act outs on stage. Um, so I'm gonna do a pigeon in New York <laughs> versus a pigeon <laughs> in San Francisco. Okay. Like, let's, I'm, I can't do it. Okay, good, done with that, it's really embarrassing. 
Maybe, yeah. I'm gonna move on. <laughs> Never doing that again. No, I'm just embarrassed. <laughs> Trying to be a pigeon. Okay. Um, yeah, they're just like really, like low. I'll be like this. <laughs> okay, I'm moving on. I have more jokes. Um, <laughs> So I, uh, I work in a tech company, and we are trying to recruit more women. We have very few women right now. We have a difficult time when women come in for the interviews because uh, no one ever wants to like say anything bad about them, basically, because they're afraid that they'll look sexist. So we had this woman come in the other day for like an engineering position, and the issue with her was that she didn't speak English, really. Which I, I didn't mind, honestly, because I have a lot of coworkers who I think it would be a lot better if they made less use of their English language skills. Like, um, the difference between, I work with a lot of people who are not native English speakers, and the thing I notice is that non-native English speakers think before they say things, um, which I think like kind of some of my other coworkers should do. But anyway, so we're like assessing this woman, basically. We're doing a recap. I'll, I'll act out the recap. We were sitting down. <laughs> uh, we're sitting down, and uh, my boss eventually, everyone's kind of going around, like no one's saying anything, and eventually my boss is like, uh, you know, I think she might just be like a better fit like for a different role at a different company in China. <laughs> and, uh, um, but we, we're not really like successful at recruiting women because we're not doing the right things. Like for one thing, we don't hire them when they come in for the interviews. But we also, we have a lot of perks that are like very much just like geared towards men. Like we have like free beer, but like we don't even have plan B in the medicine cabinet, you know? Um, I learned this morning. <laughs> And we just can't compete against these other tech companies with, like, better support for women looking to terminate their pregnancies, you know? Because, like, at Google, they cover the cost of an abortion. And at Facebook, they do the abortion on site. Like, this is real. Uh, there's a guy. His name is Frank the Aborting Man. And he has an office. It's right next to Sheryl Sandberg's. So you can go get your free lunch. You can get your free abortion. And you can get back to fucking work, you know? Uh, it's called leaning into a hanger. <laughs> Very funny set. Your next comedian, uh, he is a special individual because he is very supportive of the scene, meaning that he was here all Monday waiting to do everybody's sets, and then we didn't have time for him. So I was like, you have a special set. So you guys have to be really special right now and clap even bigger than you've clapped before. For Johnny Isaacs. <laughs> Thank you very much, Pam. Uh, excuse the notes, everyone. This is a new... New material for Monday, which I didn't get to do. So, um, <clears throat> this is Tim. Tim is my husband. He has never seen me do stand-up before. Uh, and in honor of that, I'm gonna do jokes about him. <laughs> Won't that be fun for everyone? Except Tim. Um, so our anniversary is coming up very soon. Three years. Green card very much, green card very much. Uh, no, we didn't really get married for a green card, but it was a handy help. Uh, it definitely helped us do things like live on the same continent. <laughs> really useful things for a relationship, yeah. Um, honestly, I never thought I'd get married. I was, uh, I was this sort of weird combination of a romantic and a skeptic. Like, I was a big Disney fan as a kid, so I always thought, you know, I want that really big love at first sight moment and I'll spend the rest of my life with that person. But I also knew that would never happen. Like, not in, uh, no fucking chance in hell. And then I met Tim, and I was like, wow, he's really tall. 
But I mean, there are some really great perks to being married. Like, number one, you have a ready-made excuse to not hang out with anybody that you don't like. It's like, Tim's really busy right now. He's got a lot going on, uh, and he doesn't like you. Um, <laughs> but the, the, one of the best things is uh, you can always, no matter what, use a carpool lane. It's great. It's really handy. Um, <laughs> Uh, and the other thing that is very handy about Tim specifically is having a very bad back, he has a disabled placard. So the parking situation is fantastic. Because <laughs> this city is fucked up for that, so that's really helpful. Um, <coughs> and yeah, we have, a, we have a big age gap. There's a 22 year age gap between us. Tim is eight, but he has that Benjamin Button thing. <laughs> so it's really good because nobody knows I'm a pedophile. <laughs> Nobody has a clue. Uh, speaking of which, I don't know if any of you saw this, there was a really interesting article this week uh, that said that scientists think they found the leading cause of paedophilia. And it's really obvious, no one would have thought about it before. I can't believe we didn't know. It's, uh, it's, it's sexy kids. Yeah. <laughs> really sexy kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually, one of Tim's favorite jokes is when people ask us, uh, as they often do, where we met, he likes to tell them that we met at an Amber Alert. Uh, which isn't a thing in the UK. So after he told this joke to like 15 people, I had to go look it up. And I was like, oh, he's a keeper. He's definitely a keeper. Uh, we actually did meet online. We met on a website called biggercity.com, which is like OkCupid for big, fat, hairy gay guys. And, uh, and they're admirers, um, which is very true. Like, for instance, when I was a kid, my um, celebrity crushes were John Candy and Chewbacca. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but w uh, because we have such a big age gap, a lot of people uh, just automatically assume that I have like daddy issues, which is kind of fun. But actually, I have a really good relationship with my dad. Like he's really supportive, and he's—I came out really young, and he's always been great, and he gets on really well with Tim. But he's also bipolar, so that could change any day now. <laughs> so you know, it keeps you on your toes. You just never know what's going to happen. Um, uh, but actually. In actual fact, I don't have daddy issues. Uh, but there are some really great things about uh, being with an older guy who he's lived, al he lived alone for a long time. He's really self-sufficient. He's a great cook. He's great at cleaning. Uh, and so it's like I get to have sex with a six foot seven, 250 pound version of my mum. <laughs> <laughs> but no daddy issues, none at all. Uh, but actually, we're a, we're a very progressive 21st century San Francisco gay couple. So we're... Uh, we're looking for a third. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of couples do this in San Francisco. We are, by the way. Um, <laughs> no, uh, some people call it a thruple. Sometimes they call it a triad, but not the like, not the like Chinese mafia triad, like a, like a three-way triad. Uh, but the main reason is because we moved over to the East Bay recently and the bridge carpool lane is three people. <laughs> Thank you very much. Keep clapping for Johnny Isaacs, yes! He got married for the carpool lane and needs a threesome to get over from Oakland. Fan-fucking-tastic. All right, we're moving the happy hour right along. Moving on to your next comedian. You guys put your hands together. It's Christopher Guerrero! Hey, everybody, how you doing? Ooh, love that response. Uh, yeah, so... I live in Richmond in the East Bay, not on purpose. <laughs> yeah. 
One thing about living in Richmond, I hear sirens almost every night, which makes it hard for me to sleep. But now it's getting to the point where it's hard for me to sleep without hearing sirens. <laughs> you might say that sirens are like whale calls to me. But now that's becoming a problem because one time I was driving and when I heard a police siren, I fell asleep at the wheel. <laughs> now you know why I'm paying a lot for car insurance. <laughs> yeah, another thing about living in Richmond, I hear gunshots at night. Like there was this one time I was about to leave my apartment to go to the store. And when I get to the door, I hear this. So I turned around and I said, never mind. I'll just stay home and have Pop-Tarts for dinner. <laughs> yeah. So my girlfriend is a blue-eyed, blonde, Caucasian, which means I've achieved the American dream. <laughs> yeah, I'm not picky when it comes to a woman's race. I've been with black women, white women, Latinas, Asians. You might say that my penis recognizes affirmative action. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, when I see a beautiful woman, I do not see skin color because I'm too busy looking at her tits and ass. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that white women are very curious when it comes to hooking up with someone outside of their race. Like a white woman would go out with a black man to see if it's true that all black men have big dicks and a white woman would go out with a Latino to see if it's true that all Latin men are horny as fuck. And a white woman would go out with an Asian guy to see if it's true that they are good at math. <laughs> and, if <that's laughs> and if that's true, then she has found someone to do her taxes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, I read online about this pastor in Texas who has threatened to set himself on fire as a way of protesting the legalization of gay marriage. Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. That's way better than my punchline. <laughs> okay. Great. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a big animation fan. I love watching cartoons, but there are certain cartoons that left me with unanswered questions, like, how is it possible that Speed Racer's car can jump over cliffs, go underwater, but it can't keep that kid and his monkey from getting in the trunk? <laughs> it's weird. That car is bulletproof and fireproof, and yet it isn't childproof <laughs> or monkeyproof. Very bad designing there, Pops Racer. <laughs> and why is it whenever Scooby-Doo and the gang split up to look for ghosts, and when Fred and Daphne are all by themselves, Fred never makes a move on Daphne. Kind of makes you wonder why he wears that ascot in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and how come we don't know who Casper the ghost was before he became a ghost? Apparently, Casper was a young child, but we don't know how he died. I mean, for all, for all we know, he could have died of a crib death. <laughs> or a late-term abortion. 
Maybe he was babysat by Casey Anthony. We don't know. And on that happy note, my name is Chris Guerra. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Back to you, Pam. Chris Guerra. Hey, everybody. Uh, I love the 70s references because I was born in 74, so I know what Scooby-Doo is, which makes me really happy. Before they started those stupid remakes with those dumb movies. And the same thing with the Casper movie. I mean, it was really good. It did have Christina Ricci in it, looking hot as like a 12-year-old, as she should, (laughs) before she had her boobs. Still hot. Doesn't make me a pedophile or a lesbian. I'm just saying aesthetics are real, everybody. Your next comedian is also very aesthetically pleasing, and you guys are going to love his jokes. Everybody put your hands together. It's Adam Strawbridge. Hey guys, uh, last night I went to an anarchist book fair. To its credit, it was terribly organized. They gave it out an itinerary. Number one said like introductory remarks in minutes, and then two through ten were fuck the state. Uh, didn't really learn a lot. Good spread though. Great spread. I made a mistake last week, and I tried to like reconnect with my dad because I feel like I'm older. I'm kind of an adult, so I can relate to him as a peer. So I asked him, like, how was I as a kid, as a toddler? Was I like a manageable, was I a good kid? He said, no, you're actually, you were a huge brat. Uh, he told me that the custody battle over me was like a really expensive game of hot potato. So, <laughs> how rude. Uh, my dad's mean. He's a dick. We were walking down Market Street. We passed this woman with a cardboard sign. She was down on her luck. It said, I'm hungry. My dad, like, knelt next to her and said, Hi, Hungry, I'm Steven. (laughs) That's why we don't talk. Comics love to kvitch about dating apps, like Tinder and all that shit, but you don't hear a lot of talk about the gay dating apps because they're kind of like a different scene. Uh, They're very assertive. It's hard to tell sometimes that you're on a gay hookup site or just like a really, really aggressive pet adoption website, you know? get messages like, looking for a cute pup to tame and dominate. Um, <laughs> or like, want a furry critter to keep me company. <laughs> or I got one that was like, cutie, you look better with a load of spunk in your face. <laughs> that one, no, that one's less ambiguous. But the first two, <laughs> first two, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I haven't voted yet, because I'm waiting until marriage, but in my, uh, in my opinion, there's always like a far left candidate and a far right candidate, you know? If I had to be a politician, I would be a far out candidate. You guys know what I'm talking about? Boogie boards for every bro, chicks drink free. It's righteous. Um, it's my understanding the president lives in the White House. The vice president lives in the Naval Observatory, little known fact, but I don't know where the Supreme Court justices all live, so I imagine they live in like a big frat house and they just party all the time. They defect up shit. They bump lines off the original constitution. (laughs) That'd be fun. Wanna go to Washington? Um, Had a bad week, to be honest, because my friend broke up with her boyfriend, so I've been hearing a lot of drama. He secretly filmed them having sex together. It's not cool. Guys, don't do that. She told me, like, I wish I lived in a different century when there wasn't all this technology to exploit women. Uh, and I'm empathetic to her, but I told her that even though technology has changed the world a lot, I think people, especially guys, remain the same. And I was reading about this. Apparently, in, like, Renaissance Italy, young guys would go out. They go to, like, balls, wear those masks. They meet girls, take them home and have sex with them. They have a little artist in the closet paint the whole thing. <laughs> it was taking, like, five or six nights to get the shading just right. Um, she didn't believe me. She was like, you're making that up. That's not true. I said, no, that there's a museum in Rome you can go to where you can see some of this artwork. It's called the Museo de Rude Ex-Girlfriend Revenge. Uh, 
right. I have, I've been like trying to, you know, San Francisco, everyone likes to explore themselves sexually. So I've been trying to imagine like what my fetishes are. And I think I've discovered a new one. It's like, you know, people like to dirty talk, right? I like, I'm into a kind of dirty talking that's very specific. So it's like, follow me here. You know, when you're at a party and like someone's, you're talking to like a mutual acquaintance, you're kind of in the same friend group, but not quite, you never hung out alone before. And they're trying to tell you that there's something in your teeth and you can't really find it. And they're getting frustrated because you can't find it. But now you're frustrated because like, I didn't ask you to try to get this thing out of my teeth. And then you're both very frustrated at each other. I'm just like jerking off the whole time. <laughs> All right, that's Adam, it's my time. I'll give it up for Pam. <laughs> Being sexually weird in the corner while we're dealing with our, I always worry about, I had cilantro today, is there, am I okay? Okay, sweet, yeah, rad! <laughs> Feeling confident. Your next comedian runs a bunch of great shows in the city, one of them is called Hired Killers, another one is Choose Your Own Comedy, and he runs them all over, he's amazing. You guys are gonna laugh hysterically. Clap your hands together for Ben Lupinetti! <laughs> Yes, sir. Uh -huh. Probably can't do that for five minutes. I know uh, that's it's gonna wear out after a while. I like that dirty talk too. I like being told that I'm just human garbage. Between the sheets, hey yo. Uh, uh, you two in the corner there. You were. Uh, that's right. Get her to pay attention. Because this is gonna be important. Uh, you were here last week, were you not? No, first time. First, uh, okay. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. You, I know that hiss. I know that exchange of air in your lungs with the air outside of you. How about it's not racist, it's just a mistake. Can we? <laughs> And I'm saying that to all of society. <laughs> Just, cause you can come back from being a mistake, but we're never gonna hear from Don Imus again. He's just gone. Excommunicated from humanity. Michael Richards, are you kidding me? Kramer's donezo. I'm trying to imagine how this could get better, but it defies <laughs> imagination. Um, I use public transportation a lot, and there's an issue that has had been, it's under some discussion on uh, popular media, and that is the issue of man-spreading. <laughs> it's probably... You're probably familiar with this issue of, uh, you know, you'll be on a bus or a train or some other type of 
many people carrier run by an organization and guys will just be spreading out all over the place. They're all over those seats. They're body parts, they're in your way. You wanna sit down, but their thighs and their calves and their muscular knees are just all up on. You can't, no, you can't sit there. You can't sit there, no, nobody's. Because guys are spreading. Men, they're spreading all over the place. And frankly, I don't want to hear about this issue. <laughs> Not until we're simultaneously willing to address seat bagging. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. And this might be a little bit sexist, but what do I have to lose at this point? <laughs> Guys. I don't know who made it fashionable for women to have huge garbage bag-sized purses over their shoulders holding their tax forms and their grandmother's ashes and some information that Edward Snowden slipped to them and it's real important to have it on you at all times, but here's the thing, you can't put your big giant bag on a seat like it's a person. You can't, that's for people. That's where people go. You can't be like, my bag has the same status as a person. If, if that's what you want, hire a Sherpa. Get an actual human being who will carry around your stuff. You could spend $600, $1,000, $2,000 on a giant designer handbag. <laughs> or a knock-knock from Nepal could carry around all your shit for like uh, three months. First world problems, am I right? You guys, you guys have been all right. I'm Ben Lupinetti. Goodbye. That was awesome, Ben Lupinetti. Yes. But my bag is a motherfucking princess, and it's going to sit next to me on the Muni. My bag is a princess, and it needs a seat so it doesn't have vomit on it because I ride the Muni. Uh, all right. No, I, I'll put my bag in my lap. I let my princess ride in my lap. Your next comedian, he's a princess. What kind of shirt are you wearing? Robot unicorn attack? Fuck yeah! Your next comedian, hilarious guy. You can see him featured next week on the I'm Not White show on the Pantastic Comedy Clubhouse. Put your hands together. It's Stefan Massey. Boom. Thank you, Pam. Uh, I lost my job the other day, guys. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, no, really, seriously, honestly. Like, I like didn't hate it, but I am ready to uh, not have a corporate um, America hanging over my head, which is a really weird thing to say because I worked at a law firm that got um, uh, visas for people who were trying to work in other countries, so that's not really what that is. It goes on. I'll, I'll just fillet it, I guess. Um, um, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna kiss. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, like, it was nice having structure in my life, but um, I'm ready for something else. 
to get me through this. No, uh, I have. I might have. I might have smoked a little weed today. Maybe. Uh, yeah. No. And you know, I was thinking about it earlier. I was. I was just doing some mundane stuff. And you know, maybe it might just be me, but I feel like everything is an important production, or everything's a journey when you're stoned. Like, I was just sitting down to take some shit out of my pockets because I was changing pants, and I, I felt I was jazzed. I was excited to do this. I felt like I was gonna sit down for three hours and write a chapter of the great American novel. And like, if you're just going to the kitchen to get a glass of water, you might as well be going for a trek on Everest. It's intense, guys. Weed is, is no laughing matter. Um, so I've tried a number of times to uh, put into metaphor what it feels like for me to have uh, Asperger's. Um, and I, I don't think I have ever like really hit the nail on the head. I've come pretty close. But today, I, I, was, I was in my car, and I think, I think I've, I, I've, I've really got it this time, guys. So having Asperger's is like driving in Berkeley. <laughs> you get, you, you see that there's, there was an idea of a system in place. And you yourself have been told the rules of this system. And over a long period of time, you made every effort to fit in within that system. And then you see people flagrantly violating these rules. And it is very frustrating. Very frustrating. Uh, and also, if you've ever had any kind of um, run-in with a Berkeley driver, first of all, I apologize on behalf of us. Um, but, you know, you, from anything from, you know, just like a short honking match to uh, full-on getting out of your car screaming at each other, you come away feeling like you didn't gain anything from that. And also with a little bit of, more than a little bit probably of self-loathing because you're worried that you've just been interacting with your reflection <laughs> in, that, in that exchange. And that too is a very uh, uh, apt um, analogy for many of my own personal interactions with people. Thank you. What, what the? This just says snurt. <laughs> oh wait, no, no, I know what it is. Uh, so uh, a couple days ago, uh, I posted a picture of myself wearing a polyester shirt with, which depicted a snake frolicking among a bed of white roses. It was about amazing as it sounds. Uh, and since then, I've had people coming up to me asking, Stefan, how can I aspire to the dizzying heights of fashion which you've set the standard for? And the answer is pretty simple. You just have to shop at uh, Chinese websites that only deliver you what you ordered half the time. You'll be pulling in likes on Instagram in no time. Uh, <laughs> OK, so I'll leave you guys with this. My middle name is Nima. It's, it's Persian. Um, but it's misspelled on my birth certificate. And that's because my dad thought it was a good idea to give a legal document to a woman who just had a cesarean and was pumped full of uh, painkillers. And so she added an extra M. So it's got two M's in there. And I told this to a friend, and she just instantly spits back at me, sup, my nima? And I'm like, dude. And she's like, what? You never thought of that? And I was like, no, because I don't think like a racist. <laughs> I'm Stefan Massey. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Massey, come see him next week at Pamtasia's Comedy Clubhouse. I think he's bringing a special guest named Werner Herzog with him. I don't know if you know that guy, but he's really good friends with him, and I think he's bringing him along. It's going to be exciting. 
I wish I could do that voice. Jesus Christ. I can only do Bjork. I, I just, I, everyone has a gift. Your next comedian has way huge gifts. Yeah! He's like one of the smartest people I know. He uses big words that I don't understand all the time in his jokes. <laughs> but, um, but I laugh at them sometimes when they're super smart because I'm like, he's going to think I'm smart if I, if I pretend that I know what that means. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, your next comedian is really great, guys. Super funny. Clap your hands together. It's Connor Doherty. <laughs> How to succeed in life. Here, here's a nerdy thing to say. Faking it converges asymptotically to making it. There we go. Uh, yeah, you know, like when you have uh, exponential or something and it's like approaching some line, but it never actually gets there. That's what, like faking it, you know, eventually. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, yeah, so you maybe wouldn't know this about me. I'm actually ethnically half redneck. I know you wouldn't guess it. I talk like a robot that swallowed an SAT study guide, but I am half redneck. My grandpa was the mayor of a small town in Wisconsin. Are you sitting on her lap? No, okay. Cool. I just, I'm a little gun shy. I was over at Iron and Gold once and this couple started making out like 10 feet away from me. And I was like, it's dark, it's not that dark. <laughs> <laughs> My dulcet tones inspire can <laughs> canoodling. <laughs> My grandpa was the mayor of a small town in Wisconsin. He decided to start running for mayor the day before the election as a write-in candidate and somehow won. Wow. That's how small this town was. Even still, it's unnerving. Right, like how, uh, like what kind of demagoguery did he pull in that day? He probably just drove around honking his horn. It's a <laughs> Look at me, <laughs> vote for me, horn. He was, uh, I said horn, corn. There's a lot of people growing corn in the town too. Corn. They grow a lot of corn, they feed it to the cows who fart, and I have other jokes about that. Oh, what was I talking about? My grandpa was the mayor. The only law that he made that anyone remembers is that all of the bars had to be on the same side of the road. So the drunks wouldn't try to cross the road. Like, it, it makes sense if you think about it. And like, it works in that small town because there's just one road, right? It's like low dimensional legislation. That wouldn't work in San Francisco, you know, like all the bars have to be on the south side. Well, the south side of what? We got crooked, liberal ass, gay, sideways roads here, man. <laughs> Get on our level. It's, it's, and it's a real thing. Like you go through the town, like they have an intersection now, but there's like, it's still all the bars on one side. Uh, yeah, the, these are real people. Uh, my uncle, I got into an argument with my uncle recently, not recently, this is made up, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> got into an argument with my uncle, he was trying to convince me that Barack Obama's a Muslim and I lost this argument. It turns out that by Muslim he meant black, so technically he was right. <laughs> my uncle is what sociologists refer to as a racist jackass. Let's just sit on that. 
sociologists. Wouldn't, <laughs> this guy gets it. My other uncle uh, is a bad person. He has a, a red Corvette with the license plate Munch 2, like a vanity plate, because his nickname was Munch, because he liked to eat. I don't think he gets the double meaning of the munching. Like, you can munch a lot of things, Terry. He doesn't know. He's from a small town. And apparently someone in Wisconsin already had munch, so he just settled with munch, too. Uh, yeah, this was, this was weird. Um, I'll just leave you with something, something funny, no doubt. See, I had planned to talk about all this other stuff, but then I got distracted. I just started talking about my family members and their silliness. Uh, okay, well, let's leave you with the worst lawn liner. Uh, I think it would be cool if Tums made ants hallucinate, because that would mean that ant acid is ant acid. Uh, a weird little-known fact, Munch is actually the name of the character from, uh, uh, remember the, um, it still exists. It's the, um, uh, it's a mouse, and, uh, and they have skee-ball there. Chuck E. Cheese. When the Chuck E. Cheese used to have the animatronic dancing things in the room, remember? There was a character called Munch who was like purple and like a thing, and he used to like play the piano or the drums or something. What happened? It was like Grimace, except he was Munch, and he was from um, Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Anyways, I hope that it wasn't referencing that, because that would mean that he might be a pedophile, because he wanted all the children to come to his van. I don't know what happens in Wisconsin. You're next. Give me a oh, clap it up one more time for Tucker Doherty. Yay! Uh, Amy Bebo isn't here, so we're going to move on the list. Where there he is, wearing a warrior's hat, being a champion. Yes! He cares about sports, and he's a comedian. He's a good friend of mine. He produces so many great shows around the Bay. They're called Cookies and Comedy. His wife makes great cookies. Do you ever make the cookies? She makes all the cookies. <laughs> the cookies are so fucking good. You guys put your hands together. It's Kiko O'Brien. Yeah, I never make the cookies. It's not patriarchy. It's my wife doesn't want her reputation going on my shitty cooking. That's how that goes. Oh, man. I eat a lot of the cookies. I eat way too many fucking cookies. Uh, that's one of my regrets about comedy. I love it. Takes up all my gym time. Um, I go to the gym. I make time like maybe like once or twice a week, which is not enough time to get in shape. Like it's just enough time to remind me of how out of shape I am. It's the trips to the gym are terrible. It's not like just going to the weight room and lifting light weights and doing shitty cardio is the worst part. When I get to the locker room and I try and wrap that tiny towel around my massive gut and I can't cover up my limp dick, it is just shame on top of shame there. It's the worst fucking moment. I'm like trying to unscrew my locker, holding up the towel. It's terrible. And like most guys, they want to wrap the towel around. They're, you know, they're not free balling in the locker room. We're all a bunch of grown men. Except for like the guys over 60. There's always that one guy who just has no shame and he wants to start talking to you butt ass naked. And, like, I have my back turned. He starts going on about the Warriors, and I'm intrigued. And then I turn around. It's like, holy shit, old man dick in my face. It's fucking terrible. He's talking to me like he knows me. It's like, I don't know anything about this guy, except he loves the Warriors, and he's definitely not Jewish. Like, holy shit, man. I don't know. I believe he's also maybe a camping enthusiast because his dicks were in a sleeping bag. It's like, 
I don't know what's up with these guys not getting circumcised. It's, cre- it's creepy as fuck. My goodness, he's going on and on. Like, I'm just trying to put on deodorant. Fucking Freddie Foreskin talking about three-point percentage. It's fucking terrible, man. And, and I, I got to give these guys credit. Like, I mean, the dude is in great shape. I mean, for 60, like, he has, like, the abs and the arms of, like, a 20-year-old. But he still has the balls of a 60-year-old. Like, you can work out as much as you want and diet. Those balls are not getting in shape. That is not happening. Oh, man, I could talk about naked old men all day, but uh, <laughs> I, have, I have big news. My wife and I, we we're talking about starting a family. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, my wife decided we're starting a family, and I just went along with it because we have no prenup. So that's what she wants. That's what she gets. She makes, she makes all the decisions for us, man. She's, she's like 5'2". Her name's Kim. And she makes all the decisions. It's like being married to a Korean dictator. It is rough. It is rough. <laughs> oh, man. I'm one of the few married comics, so I talk about my wife a lot in my act. And people are like, dude, when you met her, was it love at first sight? And when I met her, I went to Mazzetti's Bakery, and her aunt who owns the bakery pointed her out. And she had her back to me at the time. So it was love at first sight of her booty. Like, I saw that ass. I just fell in love. Like, I felt like a little chubby Mexican kid looking at a pinata. Like, I just wanted to beat it up and eat it up. I was just like, yeah, I'm fucking ready. Let's, let's wrap that up. I want to put a ring on that, Beyonce. Fuck. Hell yeah, it's good times. So, yeah. <laughs> so before we have a kid, she, you know, we want to move into a house, have room for a family. Um, and, you know, I'm, she's a teacher, and I drive a forklift for a living. And, you know, we started looking at homes around the Bay Area and crunching numbers and Excited to say, I think in uh, 15 years, we're going to own a house. It's going to be exciting, yeah. But we do have one big advantage. Um, Childcare is expensive. Her mom's retiring, so she'll watch over the little one. Nothing like grandma's love. Can't beat that. Um, my sisters could also watch her hypothetically, but they babysat me when I was young, and I'm, it's like, I don't know. I look at how I turned out. I'm like, I, I don't think so. Like, my sister was great. I loved when she'd watch me because she was in high school and I was four years old. And she just wanted to hang out with her boyfriend. So she'd sit me on the couch with a bunch of candy and, like, some raunchy 80s movie. I'm eating M&Ms and watching Revenge of the Nerds. I think it's the greatest thing ever. Cut to me at 37. I've got a porn addiction and high blood sugar. So, you know, maybe not the best thing ever. All right. Give it up to Pam Benjamin, folks. You have them all, all over the place. You have them at Woodham's. You have them at Brainwash. You have them Tuesday 510 at Woodham's. Is that the one? Or no, Tuesday 510 at Brainwash. Brainwash. No, I just I see you producing things all over the place. So it's really exciting stuff. Yay. All right. We're moving along here on the happy hour. Your next comedian, super helpful, lovely man, uh, invited a bunch of his friends and helped me out a lot yesterday. Appreciate it so much. Very funny. Doesn't, it, every time you, you're like, I'm a tech guy, I'm like, you just came from your workout, all tech guys, wait, I don't even know. You're changing the stereotype of Asian every single time you walk into this room. Put your hands together for Jesse Warren. Thank you, Pam. I was, uh, I was just at the gym, I was at the gym. I was, I just came from the fucking gym, and I took a shower there, and I jacked off in the shower. Because I don't pay $75 a month to move weight around at a shitty 24-hour fitness. I'm gonna get my money's worth. Do I'll jack off in the clean towels and put them back in the clean towel section. I don't give a fuck. Uh, 
I wouldn't do that. That would be crossing the line. But I did jack off in the shower. <laughs> I, I, I figured that's okay. People wear flip-flops in the shower. <laughs> At least you should. I recommend you do, because people are jacking off in the shower, man. <laughs> At least one of us is. Uh, I, uh, I live alone now, which is cool, because I'm excited, because now I can finally jack off to porn without having to wear headphones. You know what I mean? Like, it's cool. I can't do that. When, I'm, uh, when I got roommates in college, I had a roommate, and he'd still get mad at me even if I wore headphones when I was jacking off the porn. He'd be like, God damn it, Jesse. Why do you got to do this in the kitchen, man? Take your business elsewhere. Yeah, I, I live alone. And uh, this one time, I ran out of toilet paper for three weeks. And... Uh, I didn't do anything about it. I just sat there thinking about how I should change my habits and get my priorities in order. I live right next to a Walgreens. I spent more time lamenting my toilet paper scenario. It could, I could have just easily gotten some toilet paper, but I spent more time just pondering it. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I got to rethink that. Uh, I just got out of a relationship. I did. Uh, she didn't break up with me because of the jacking off in the, in the gym scenario because that only started recently. But she, uh, we broke up, be, uh, but it was hard. It was hard to break up because we were together for like five, almost six Netflix series now. And <laughs> it's, really, it's really hard. No, we were together for four, four years. So when we uh, broke up, it felt more like we were graduating from each other, right? Like uh, I, I felt like I walked away having earned a bachelor's in Megan. And I don't, I don't think it's going to do me any good, man. I don't, like getting a bachelor's in Megan is like getting a bachelor's in like interior design or like fine arts. Like statistically <laughs> speaking, I'm probably gay, you know? Uh, and our breakup, uh, it went really well. It was, uh, we ended things on a good note, which uh, in my experience is the worst way to end a relationship. Never do it. I don't recommend it. Even if you have no reason to end poorly, make some shit up, man. Just end that shit poorly. Make it go up in flames. Say some bullshit. Tell her you cheated on her, whatever. But, but don't let, let it have some closure, you know? Because when a breakup ends well, ends badly, you have closure. You know what to do. You delete her number. You unfriend her on Facebook. And you knock, all her, knock over all her spice cabinets. You do all the things. There's time-tested, time-tested uh, formula for getting over a bad breakup. Uh, my ex was really into cooking. Now she's eating bland food for the next few months. Thank you. Uh, and so this is how my this is how my best bad breakup went. Uh, my ex said, "Jesse, I cheated on you, and you suck." And I said, "Yeah, well your pussy smells." And relax, I didn't mean it. I was just trying to be hurtful. <laughs> but I said that shit, and. Um, and she started crying. Immediately she starts crying, just bawling. And uh, I, I just left. <laughs> and I've never seen her again. It was awesome. That's the best way to end a relationship. It's just closure. Um, yeah, I don't know why uh, she got offended by that. I wouldn't get offended by that. You know, like my balls smell. My balls smell, which is why I spray cologne on my balls. Because I'm actively trying to better myself. I don't cry about my scenario. I'm trying to become a better person. I'm too busy fixing my problems. Thank th you guys. <laughs>
Jesse Warren. I think that every time he has a shitty joke, we should make him do uh, push-ups on the stage. I think that we should objectify him and make him take his shirt off. Ha! Ha ha ha! I think that'll be cute. Yay, Jesse Warren, yay! Uh, all right, I, I, I can't stop getting 60-year-old ball sag out of my head now, but we're moving on to the next comedian. Funny, funny guy. You guys, clap your hands together. It's Matthew Quirk. Yay! All right, San Francisco, it's great to be here. Great to be back. Great to be back where you put the hip in hypocrisy. I love this city, magical city where a housing boom is somehow causing homelessness. Magical qualities you got here, San Francisco. I love it. Where eco-friendly living meets a totally unsustainable lifestyle. I love this city. I love it here. All right. I'm going to get all racial and political up in here because that's what I do. And I'm going to say something that I've been waiting to hear from all these presidential campaigns and all these presidential debates, but I'm afraid I'm not going to hear it from the Democratic nominee for president, and I'm sure as hell not going to hear from the Republican nominee for president. So I'm going to say it here on the radio. Ginger lives matter. (laughs) Hashtag ginger lives matter. I know there's a lot of hashtag lives matter out there, and it's easy to get confused, but most of that stuff is just a struggle for acceptance. But we gingers, we're struggling for our ultimate survival. I mean, take global warming. What what future does that leave for us? I saw on Facebook they were trying to get all the gingers to meet at Dolores Park. Do you know how fucking sunny it gets at Dolores Park? That was a fucking setup. They were trying to wipe us out in one clean sweep. And now that they're studying the human genome, all my friends are selling me these like, scientific articles like how many generations are left until all that's left of the ginger race is just the highlights in some lucky chick's hair, and that's it. We're doomed. <laughs> Thank you. Does the carpet match the drapes? That, now that you're floss, now that you're floss, see? See, I'm totally willing to pull your card on that. There you go. There you go, faker. Cultural appropriation. I can't stand for it. I can't stand for that. And I gotta tell you, I've gotta take that word back because I need to stand up for my people. And you white people can't use that word anymore, the G word. It's our word. It's our word. You can't use it. And I've certainly been hearing some of you just dropping that G a little too liberally out there on the streets and I just can't stand for it anymore. So I'm taking that word back. And I don't wanna hear, oh, my cousin's a ginger, so it's cool, I can say it. You cannot say it. And I sure as hell don't wanna hear, I said ginger, not ginger, so it's all good. That is bullshit. That's enough to make a ginger snap. (laughs) Uh Oh, what timing. Okay, so. But enough about the problems, let's talk solutions. I have a solution to maintain the ginger race. It's a a solution you're not gonna hear from the Democratic nominee for president, and you're just not gonna hear from the Republican nominee for president. So I'm gonna say it here. Please, 
fuck a ginger. Tonight would be great. <laughs> I'm lonely. I don't have a dog. I'm free later. It's all good. All right, thank you, San Francisco. Your next comedian up, she also has red hair. I don't know if she's a legitimate ginger or not. Uh, she just she just admitted to us that the carpets don't match the drapes. She's going to be a champion, and after she does her amazing set in her, look at you brought the girls out tonight. Nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you did. Uh, was that sexual harassment? I, don't, I was just appreciating her lovely rack. Absolutely. Uh, she's going to be hosting the rest of the night so that I can have a little break before we start Pamtastics, but you guys are going to enjoy the joke so much. Of Amy Bebo. Right on. We just got here after like an exciting Uber ride. Like sometimes it's fun. I, I love random fucking strangers so much more than the people that have already pissed me off in my life. Do you know what I mean? They're also like fresh with possibility, you know? It, it, like that was like my whole day. I feel like sometimes I'll spend too much time at home with my brand new relationship that I'm in. You guys, can I just have a round of applause? I'm finally in a relationship after 11 years of being single. Yeah, exactly, thank you. I broke up with my television 11 years ago. Because I was like, we are not healthy for each other. This isn't working anymore, you know? And so I, I like, I, we broke up. I, I, I didn't let the television into my life. I knew it would take up too much of my time, too much of my energy. Never wanted me to be me. You know, always wanted to tell me what to do, what to buy, you know, how I should look, you know, how to dye my hair, all, you know, all those things. You know, what mouthwash to use. So bossy. You know, I'm like, stop busting me. So I broke up with the TV. But now what I realized, we just needed to bring in a third party into the relationship. So guess what? Enter marijuana. <laughs> you guys, it's like the perfect, like, long-term threesome. You know, I really feel positive. And you guys look less excited than when I first <laughs> told you I was in a relationship. I feel like that initial excitement like isn't there anymore, you know? And it's true, you probably think, I don't know, like I'm not doing anything watching TV. You know, I'm just sitting there, you know, with one hand down my pants like Al Bundy, you know, but less obviously masturbating. Because women can get away with that. <laughs> you didn't know. Um, yeah, anytime there's a girl with like a blanket on her lap, just watch for subtle movements, especially on airplanes. Um, but I digress. Um, so, so yeah, my, my threesome with the television marijuana is going really good. And mostly I'm tuning into nature channels, you know, because I want to learn about the world, you know. And I have a new fantasy, and it's basically um, becoming a hippopotamus in my next life, you know. Because I don't know if you guys feel this way. Like, as a human, everything I do is wrong. Everything. Everything I eat oppresses somebody. You know, I tried to go vegetarian. Then I saw the video about the farm workers who are getting paid nothing. You know, I'm like, fuck. You know, it's like I got rid of cow raping. You know, I got rid of like death urging, you know, when vegetarian. And then I'm like, fuck, everybody, you know. I shit in water, makes diseases. It's wrong, you know. Other Americans and people in other countries who don't have water get mad, you know, making them pissed off. The Africans are like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, that's what they taught me, you know. If you're a hippo, you eat grass all day. No, at night. You eat grass at night when it's cool. 
under the moonlight and the stars. You're like getting all like astronomically, like astrologically like sucked in, you know, the Venus is aligning, everything's all working out, you know, and, and then, you know, you eat grass all night and you're fat. You can eat as much as you want, Asian girl. You can eat as much as you want. Nobody cares. Your butt gets bigger. They're like, she a hippo. I'm like, that's right, bitch. I have fucking hippo. That's what I was on purpose, you know? But when you shit in the water, you feed the less fortunate. Who can say that now? None of us. That's right. You know, and I also have a dream. I, I, I could high and watch TV. I'm extrapolating on this. You know, we're still going down that river with the hippo. Like, who's the fish that eat my shit all day? Republicans. You know, <laughs> Donald Trump. You know, his supporters. Because of my other fantasy when I'm high, like, they've all had a mass suicide, you know, and left the planet, you know? And so, basically, <laughs> thank you. That was a universal round of support for the Donald Trump supporters leaving the planet if they're not happy here, which they don't seem to be, you know? At least as humans, you know? So, yeah, and then, you know, so they float, they shit, they feed the homeless, and then they, like, cruise down to the fish spa where the other fish, you know, whose job it is to, like, eat ticks and stuff, like, just, like, clean their whole, like, body, you know? So I really just, does anybody want to, like, imagine with me Dick Cheney as a sucker fish eating engorged ticks off my ass? Because that's what I do all day when I smoke weed at my house. And I'm glad you're amused because it's funny. It is. <laughs> it is. It's, it's hilarious. And marijuana is my friend. And uh, so is the random like old lady that bought us our round of like food and drinks because I make friends with strangers because that's how I roll. So um, you guys, that was my set. So you can give it up for me, Amy Bebo. I eat a lot of French fries because I'm working on my ass to be like big for my next lifetime. It's my goal. And um, I think we're gonna bring up, let's see who just went, was Matthew, were you the last guy? All right, so, oh my God, where is he? There he is, it's Tito, Tito Gonzalez. He's gonna bring his special brand of humor to the happy hour open mic. Here you go, Tito. Special brand of humor. <laughs> I guess I could try to work with that. I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's cool. I um no I've been I've been getting pretty sick dude I've been getting pretty sick with fucking hipster hipster culture guys, it's just it's been making me sick but like homesick, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> I come from a third world country and the other day this guy this hipster guy like imagine your classic hipster guy that guy, he gets on the bus with a chicken, and I was like yo if he gets if he's just putting like his luggage on top of the bus and like selling chicles down the aisle you know what I mean like I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> you guys haven't been to South America, I'm guessing. <laughs> I just, I miss home, that's all I'm saying, I miss home. And I, uh, I went back not too long ago, and since I'm not a citizen on my, on my way back, I got some shit from immigration. You know, I got pulled aside and they were like, hey Tito, like, it says here you've been arrested in Oakland. I was like, fuck, yeah. And they were like, yeah, well, come back, you know? Like, welcome back. <laughs> like, what? Why'd you have to scare the shit out of me, you know? <laughs> like, what? That's not even fair, you know what I mean? They pulled me aside from my family and everything. Like, what they were basically doing, we were like, hey, Tito. Like, yeah? You know you're an idiot, right? Like, yeah, welcome back to the free world. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's basically, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I'm from Berkeley, guys. Yeah, any Berkeley people? No. Yeah. 
And I, my problem with Berkeley is, it's like I've only dated white women from Berkeley, okay? <laughs> and I think they just really date me because they have some sort of white guilt. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think by dating me, they think they're doing like community service. <laughs> you know, like I'm like some prerequisite, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and it just gets weird, you know what I mean? Because I would go over to their house and they would present me to their moms, you know, and be like, look, I got one. <laughs> I'm clothing him, you know what I mean? I'm teaching him how to read, you know? It's just, it's like dating like UNICEF, you know? That's like what that is, dating a white woman in Berkeley. It's like dating UNICEF, you know? All I'm saying is like, if like, you know, victims of, of like Katrina or something like that just had more white girlfriends, you know what I mean, then maybe it just wouldn't have been as big as a problem, you know what I mean? Like if they just had J-Date, you know? <laughs> J-Swipe. Oh, you would know. But uh, no, I, I'm working on definitely, I'm working on not dating white women anymore. All right. <laughs> but it's just, <laughs> and, and this like, and I realized that I probably have only dated white women because like, I was raised by a single Latino mom, all right? And single Latino moms are fucking scary, okay? They are scary women, okay? And I think that just scared me from it, so I just started dating white women. I'm like, you know, they're a little less confrontational, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, because we all know the saying, right? We all know the saying. And if, if you make a Latina woman mad, she's gonna key your car, right? <laughs> you make a white woman mad, she's just gonna take her car back, you know? <laughs> and I hate taking the bus, guys. It's terrible, it's terrible. So I do. I do have to take the bus though, cause I uh, I did I did get a DUI, not too long ago. Yeah, and it, no, it's a it's a shitty experience. DUI suck. I hope no one here gets one, but if it happens to you, I just I hope that you are also on ecstasy when it happens, cause <laughs> it's a much better experience. You know, the cops are just like, man, you are the nicest kid we had all night. It's like I know, officer. I love you guys. <laughs> you guys are doing a great thing. The handcuffs, ah, they're perfectly tight. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. That was great. Thank you, Tito. Yeah, J-Swipe, J-Swipe. I've heard about that. I'm not Jewish. I just have, like, the hair, you know? Like, I definitely get right-swiped on Tinder by Jewish dudes, and then I'm like, sorry, man, I like the original. We call it the OG tip, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know why I got to cut off the tip of the dick. I'm against it. I'm against it. Just, you know, because children don't have consent when they're babies. <laughs> Seems wrong. Um, okay, so, <laughs> doesn't it? I don't know. Is anybody here happy that the tip of their dick got cut off? No. Thank you. Exactly. I know there's one comic who loves to talk about it. He's like, I can't believe that's an issue. I'm like, okay, let's do some breath work. Um, all right, so there is someone here whose name is Wildebeest. And it's that guy. I didn't see your, like, monkey costume. But your socks are beastly. So, uh, all right, come on up and give us the best you got, Wildebeest. Hi. Hi. Uh, it's been a rough week for me. Um, shit, I lost my wallet like three days ago. I fell out of a tree yesterday. Anybody know the best thing to do when you're falling out of a tree? Cry. Me neither. <laughs> Sucked. Um, and now I've had this raccoon. I do alternative living. I live in a sand glue, which is an igloo made out of sandbags <laughs> with tarp roof. 
Um, that's real. And uh, so I've had this rat. I, I think it's a raccoon, but like he put a hole in my roof two days ago. I had to plug that up. And then last night, and like every night, this ra- this fucking thing just keeps waking me up in the middle of the night, scampering across my roof. And um, so last night, I'm sleeping, and I'm like, all of a sudden I wake up, and, and I hear him, and he's like, I hear him, and he's scampering right above, and I know he's right above me, and I'm like, what is this fucker going to do now? And it's like... <laughs> Pure silence, like middle of the night, like two o'clock, and this motherfucker all of a sudden out of nowhere, I just hear this fart. <laughs> and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding, because has any of you ever heard a raccoon fart? It's amazing. It sounds just like a fucking human fart. I didn't even think raccoons could fart. And then that's when I thought about it. I was like, you know what? This is California. Maybe. Maybe that's not a raccoon. Maybe that could be a tweaker taking a shit up on my roof up there. But then I heard it scramper away, and it, it's not a tweaker. It's definitely a raccoon, but I don't know. I, that's just one of my problems um, I'm working on. <laughs> um, next one I'll do is, uh, so I'm a little of uh, an inventor. I, I've invented a few things. Um, I'll show you one of them. This one right here. This is a replica, though. This ain't the real thing. Anybody know what this is? What? Anybody know? No guesses? Really? The golden nipple? Oh, maybe. <laughs> it's like a bell. Maybe. It's like a, a bell at the front of a reception. Ooh, close. No. This is actually, uh, we call it a Julie. And what it was is, uh, but it looked the same. And you know what? It was actually made out of brass and titanium and copper we had three different kinds and basically you would just you know this is what we do with it you would crush cocaine and pills with it and like this thing was scientific i mean you could put a 20 like right here and just drop it right obliterates it and for those of us that that do crush drugs and do drugs you know how time consuming that shit can be right but this thing was so calibrated and scientific like you drop it here, that crushes an 80. You drop it here, that's like a 120. Drop it here, that's like a 15. Right about here is like an eight ball. But I mean, this shit was so scientific, it got us all addicted. I mean, like, serious. Last thing I'll tell you, I invented this yoga move, right, for only serious yoga practitioners. Do not attempt this if you are not an experienced yoga doer. What you do is, I'm just going to... Get rid of this. And uh, what you do is you dig a hole, right? You dig a hole and you basically get like this. And this one is called mountainside shit planking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so you're like this, right? And fucking, and you know, this is for serious yoga practitioners. And basically, you're shaking your head like the sake of the so then you're like this, right? And fucking, and just like planking, it's going the distance. You know what I mean? And like, and your intestinal tract is 30 inches long. So that means you got a lot of shit up in there. And serious yoga practitioners, you know, most people go to the bathroom, they shit that first shit out, and then they think it's over. You know what I mean? Yoga shit practitioners, we're going for the third and fourth ones. 
find that in any other yoga <laughs> Yoga for weight loss at Mutiny Radio. In case you guys didn't like, you know, see that at home, you can never imagine it. So, you know, I'm not going to help you out. So awesome! That was really informative and helpful to my future I, as a also potential bus dweller. Um, the next person's name is Kellerwoo. All right, here he comes. Um, how do we say that? Because I can't read your penmanship, my friend. No. How do you? What's your name? Devin. Devin Kelsujua. Thank you so much, Mutiny Radio. Here we go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a lazy week. I, um, I'm doing this new thing now where I don't even want to get up and go to the bathroom. It started out with like pissing in cups because like when you live with a lot of people and the bathroom is locked and it's like 12 a.m., you just end up like peeing in whatever cups you have. And I have a lot of cups in my room. And uh, I just started covering my floors in newspaper, like a parakeet. So I just like shit and piss wherever I want. It's awesome. It's like I like took the bird concept and I applied it to myself. Like I'm disrupting, you know, uh, you know, fucking custodial services with my newspaper idea. Um, but I've also been taking like Lyft a lot this week because it's been one of those weeks where it's like, oh shit, I drank too much, I gotta get up. There's no Adderall left, so let's do this. And um, I gotta say, I one can't stand uh, how efficient like Lyft has gotten. Like they're trying to get the most sales for their drivers, and that shit has gotten out of control. Like you go two miles and you end up meeting like half the city. Like by the time you get out of the fucking car, you're like. Okay, I think I'm gonna run for mayor. I also saw my ex-girlfriend, and the driver just wished me happy birthday. It took me that fucking long to get where I needed to go. <laughs> and it got me thinking, I was like, well, um, what kind of ideas can I have for uh, you know, driving services? And I was thinking like, well, let's just modify pre-existing services. So I was thinking like, let's, do, um, let's modify Uber. And I was like, what about when you're really, really hungover, or it's Monday, and you just like, you're just fucking over it. So like. Why not have a service called Uber Fuck It? And that's just when you get in the car with the driver and they drive you to the highest vantage point. You go to like the Golden Gate Bridge. There's just nothing said in the ride, you know? Maybe they're playing like a John Denver album or something. It's very quiet. And you just get out of the car and he just leaves and you just tip the driver like $2,300. Like it's all your savings. No questions asked, just go off the bridge. <laughs> and uh, that's dark. <laughs> And if you uh, want to do it with your driver, there's like Uber Fuck It Plus, like when you're really like in a pinch and he's also in a pinch because he's an Uber driver. And uh, you just go into like a parking garage and you just both look at each other and just like crank up like Bon Jovi and just like choke on the exhaust fumes. And then like all your money gets donated to like the Yellow Ribbon Foundation because that's funny because they cover, they cover suicide. That's the punchline. Um, but... Uh, the other day, I, uh, I was on a business trip, fictional, um, and I was in uh, Wisconsin. And uh, I always think that's kind of a funny place. I was like, what, what would it be like if I were in uh, Wisconsin? Uh, that's the joke. And uh, <laughs> I just picture, like, if you're in Wisconsin, like, people just, like, half of their luggage is just, like, fried fatty foods. You know, like, you just open up the luggage, there's just, like, fried chicken, and there's, like, cheese wheels coming down the carousel. And like to fit into Wisconsin really quick, like you need to like get a fat suit 
that's covered in a tracksuit, like at the airport, you know, just so you can fit in. Like, I always think, like, if you're in Wisconsin, like, what's a good concept restaurant? They're like, well, we're going to sit you down, we're going to cover you in uh, plastic, and we're going to just go ahead and shove a fried deer through a tree shredder. And it's just going to blow right into your face. And then we're going to give you cheese-covered donuts, okay? Because <laughs> that's what we do out here. We just fucking eat and freeze to death in the snow. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'm out of time. So thank you so much. I'm from Minnesota, which is right next to Wisconsin, by the way. And I agree with everything you fucking said about it. Fuck those people. <laughs> Just kidding. It's the same. Minnesota and Wisconsin. My dad lives in Wisconsin now, and he, he like plants corn for the deer so he can just shoot him from his backyard. May he live in peace forever. All right. Um, our next comic is Avi. Come on up. All right. Wow. That is a smart outfit. I just want to describe it for the people that aren't here. That I'm looking at cowboy boots, acid wash jeans, a white wool vest, and a red shirt with a camo belt. And like a, I can't see the belt because it's disguised. On an Indian dude with glasses. I love it. All right, here we go. Avi, rock it. Thank you. I'm not sure if you can tell, but I wasn't always tall and white. Uh, no, it's true. I used to be brown. If you look closely, you can probably tell. Uh, I miss being brown, though. Being brown is not really good for much, but there's one thing it's good for, comedy. Let you make fun of literally anybody. Like, if you were so inclined, you could make fun of black people, because brown and black, pretty much the same, like Michael said, Michael Jackson. No matter if you're black or brown. <laughs> you can make fun of Asian people, like Chinese, Japanese, Korean, doesn't matter, because you're Asian, too. Doesn't matter that you're the wrong kind of Asian. You can make fun of Native Americans because Columbus screwed up and one of you is the wrong kind of Indian. You can make fun of white people because that's easy. <laughs> you can also make fun of brown people, of course, because they don't care. I mean, you can conquer their country and subjugate them for 200 years. They still don't <laughs> care. That's true. When the British conquered us, I say it like I was dead. The British conquered us. They had to like go to great lengths to get us to like retaliate. Like they conquered us, they took our land, they took our title, we didn't care. They taxed us without representation, still didn't care. They imprisoned us, apparently even tortured us, increased our taxes during famine years, we still didn't care. In fact, we helped them. There were more Indian soldiers in the British military in India than British soldiers anywhere, period. We didn't care, we were like, at least it pays well. It's a good government job. Sometimes you have to kill your countrymen, but that always happens. <laughs> and then something changed. In like early fall of 1857, spring, I think. Seasons are messed up in India. Early spring of 1857, a rumor began to spread that the newly issued P-53 Enfield rifles had pre-greased cartridges greased with cow fat and pig fat. <laughs> That's offensive to Hindus and Muslims. And people were like, now they've crossed a line. We have to do something. <laughs> so they did. So, so they, they decided that on the 10th of May, 1857, they would all revolt simultaneously all over the country. They had a name for it. They would call it the Great Indian Rebellion and Sepoy Mutiny of 1857. But there was one small problem. This was way back then when the chief export of India was not yet software engineers. So we didn't have... <laughs> 
So we did not have a communication network. So we had to like get this news spread and like so we had to like get this news spread so it would be like well choreographed to be like simultaneous all over the country. They came up with a plan. They used wandering minstrels, bards, who licked out from town to town, village to village, singing these regional Hindi songs with messages about when and where the revolt would take place. Like, Harganga Jata Dharga Kilwaiti on 10th May. The British had no idea what was coming. And even if they did, they were like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> These Indians, oh, they are so cute. <laughs> but it happened on 10th May 1957, precisely 8 a.m., all over the country, in thousands of cantonments across India, 300,000 Indian soldiers mutinied simultaneously. It was so amazing, so efficient. The British had no idea what hit them. I'm not sure how long it lasted. I think about a half day or something before it was put down. <laughs> Don't be surprised. You're not very surprised, are you? I mean, you know, it's an armed revolt where you can't use any of the fucking ammunition because it offends your religion. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. And before I sign off, I just want to thank all of my wonderful friends for coming to support me on my birthday. Yeah, right on. I mean... Om Namah Shivaya to you and all your Asian people that you brought. I wonder where these people came from. I'm like, I don't, these are not comics who are just waiting for their own term or turn for the conical like shape in their hands. We, we just, everybody here likes the shape of the microphone, you know, or maybe it's just me a lot. And it's kind of black and, no, it's just black tonight. That's fine with me. I got no problems. All right, we got one more for our happy hour open mic. It's going to be the hilarious comedy stylings of Rory blank last name. Wow, I get to go up. <laughs> this is fantastic. Been drinking a lot. Yep. If you're taking public transportation, I mean, you got to be drunk, right? Why else are you taking public transportation? That's what I say. Thank you. Yep. So, what is the deal? With drive-throughs, huh? <laughs> You're not driving through anything. It's a drive-by. <laughs> What's the deal with that, huh? <laughs> drive-bys. That's what I'm saying. Fast food drive-bys. It's not taking off like I want. It's one of my great ideas. I've got a lot of great ideas, and they're just not taken off. I got a great idea. Uh, it's share food with strangers. Call it Goober. <laughs> goober, folks. Goober. That's some goddamn smart wordplay. Should be getting some laughs for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, what else? I'm actually from Chicago. So, uh, you guys from Chicago? Yeah. I'll tell you my, my great joke. I love this joke. It's a terrible joke, but, uh, it's a joke about San Francisco. So, uh, but imagine I'm in Chicago making fun of people in San Francisco. So, uh, let's see. 
these people in San Francisco, they're so out of touch. These rich techies, right? <laughs> they don't get it, you know? They got these dogs, and they go to these, you know, like bakeries, small batch, organic bakeries for dog treats, right? And you get these bakeries, and you have reviews by the dogs, right? You can read reviews by the dogs. Boy, a lot of one-star reviews. Those dogs, rough. 